Hello, Pastor Deborah here, and we are beginning another part of my dear spiritual child letter from Agape Love himself. Yeah, we're coming to you right from my living room, and you'll see it come through every once in a while through my, around my hair maybe over on the side here, or sometimes my hand just disappears because I do not use a green screen. Too cumbersome, too big, too expensive. Don't have a dedicated space. I'm sitting in a crowded portion of my living room. There's rocking chairs, desk, bookcases, lots and lots of teddy bears. I'm sitting at a door with the shade down. The house is quiet this morning, so I'm getting to record to you. Mm -hmm. And because I'm using a motion video, as you can see, from Pixabay, without a green screen, things will look strange at times around my hair or things my hand, like I said, will just disappear come back so i hope you'll forgive me you're a very kind students and audience for me yeah and even right now we're not really here in my living room i am physically but spiritually i'm out in the garden teaching mm -hmm. the motion video that's behind you is golden diamonds Radiant and beauty falling, coming to us. They want to be a part of our life. And that's what we're going to talk about today in this lesson. Number nine, this part, this episode of my dear spiritual child letter dictated to me, Pastor Deborah, years and years and years ago. By God of agape love himself. He had me mail them out, write them, make books out of them, give them away. Because he wanted to talk to you. And now, through the media of YouTube and using Zoom and a motion picture by video, by Pixabay, he's able to make it into a movie for you to watch, a little short video that will be here on YouTube long after Pastor Deborah's gone on mm -hmm, that you can watch later and learn. This is number nine. Let's begin first with a prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for Zoom, for Pixabay, for the cameras, the laptops, all those that have made a video like this possible, YouTube. All the video production programs I use. Filmora 9. Mm -hmm. Thank you for my IT department that helps me. Mm -hmm. Thank you that I am able to learn this, even at my age, to provide education of a spiritual nature about you and your love for humanity. Anoint the words I'm going to speak. Speak through me. You have permission to do that. This is your work. This is your heart's desire to talk to humanity. Mm -hmm. So, Father, we give you the right of way to talk, to shine out, show off, and help them to hear your words, understand, and learn that you are agape love itself and you are like no other love that anybody knows and you love them. So, Father, thank you. In the name of Christ Jesus, amen. Okay, we're starting number nine and we're going to pick up where we left off. We had just finished a number eight that said God was going to be looking at you watching, see which ways you go, what paths you take, what decisions you make, what you feed yourself on, 
Who are your teachers? What kind of food are you taking in? Are you growing and maturing spiritually? Or is it just your soul that's being fed, nourished, led, and guided? And you're just a soulish flesh creature. And everything coming out of your mouth is of the soul that is infused with the spirit, but it may not be with the spirit of the heavenly father, with agape love. It may be another one. Mm -hmm. The king, the God of this earthly perverted world that moves through the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. You might be speaking his words. And who is he? His name is Satan, which means adversary of God. He used to have a different name in a different life. His first name was Lucifer, which meant light bearer. He was to carry God's light, truth, wisdom, knowledge. Just like these, he had carried his whole body was made up of jewels diamonds and sapphires and out through his body and his voice came the very light and love of God mm -hmm. but he started looking at that light and it started perverting him because he became jealous he wanted to be the light he wanted to sit in the throne he wanted to rule and reign and have no master over him and he started perverting his own thoughts. He started perverting himself. And God could hear him even thinking about mutiny, about a revolution he was going to have in heaven with some of the angels against his own creator. Well, God said, Are you out of here, buddy. Down to earth you go. You will live below me in that natural world. And he brought all of his hate and anger and jealousy and perversion, bewitchment and powers with him. And now he uses and works through us, humanity, to try to get what he wants. But he tries to hide from us. He does hide from the majority of humanity, but not from all. Some are his royal priest, his king spiritually, and they wield powerful, powerful demonic and satanic power against you, against all humanity. They are trying to build a kingdom like heaven down here. But the kingdom is different. It's perverse and twisted. It has a lot of the same elements that the kingdom of heaven has. It has lords and masters, servants. It has the privileged and the unprivileged. It's not based on love. It's based on hate and jealousy, greed, works through the soul through its lust of its eyes, its lust of its flesh, its pride of its life. But this God who wrote this letter to you, Agape Love himself, the very creator of the jewels of life, the diamonds, the rubies, the sapphires, filled with golden rays of love and light themselves. And this motion video is just to kind of show us him, how he is desiring to shower us with his jewels, his rays, his wonderful, wonderful stones of life and light. And he is looking at you. Mm -hmm. He's listening. So let's pick up here in part nine. There's so much, he says, for you to spiritually learn. You didn't know you had a lot to learn 
before you really met him. And if you have a good teacher and a good spiritual mother or a father that can help you on earth. Now, he's your ultimate spiritual father, your spiritual source. That's what the word father, Abba, means, source. You are his offspring spiritually. And only spiritual teachers who understand his words spiritually can teach you what those words in his book, the Bible, mean. There's two levels. There's the earthly level, the flesh level, the one that's for the natural world. And he used it as a shadow and a reflection of the realm of the spirit that you could not see. And you have to be able to have his help through his Holy Spirit to peer behind the words, all the stories, the people, the battles, the war, the visions, to see what really is spiritually being said to you. Most pastors don't do that. They are brought up in Bible schools of denomination. They don't agree with a lot of the Bible. I'm sure you have that in other religions. They don't agree with all the Bible or all the book or the word that you follow. So we have divisions, separations. Mm -hmm. Sanctions, sex. Mm -hmm. We have war among ourselves. The, the Protestants and the Catholics had war. There's war now between who will rule Islam. There's, rule, there's wars about who is to be the leader of other religions and cults. Is it the prophet? Well, after that one dies, who takes over? Who's to be the leader, the guide? The head king, so to speak, of that religion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So let's keep going. So he says you're going to have a lot to learn. And these diamonds, they represent the many different stones of wisdom and knowledge. Jewels, so to speak, that you need to learn, that need to come into your spiritual life. Number one. You need to learn how to love and forgive everybody. And they are, there will be lots of them. Yes, even the bad ones. We must learn to forgive them. They're living out of their soul, most of them. Pastor Deborah got started with multi-generational Satanists, hardcore witches. Those in the occult were hardcore, dark, royal, satanic high priest and priestesses mm -hmm. who served their king, Satan, all their life. And they know it. I had to learn how to forgive them for trying to kill me. They poisoned me. They tried to stab me in my own home. They shot at my car, tried to run me over at red lights, stole money, my credit card from me, would try to kidnap me from church, mm -hmm. tried to kill me on the road when I'm taking a walk with a guy on a motorized bicycle. Mm -hmm. I had to learn I had an enemy. Satan, and he would use his soldiers against me. I, but I had to learn to forgive. Mm -hmm. Number two, you have to learn how to rebuke words of death. Some people speak powerful words against you out loud. They call you names. They might call you a racist. They might call you a bigot. They might curse you with their words. I had to learn how to even be around believers in Christ Jesus and do this. Mm -hmm. 
I had to do it out loud to them. Like I rebuke those words in the name of Jesus. I cast them down to the ground. You will have no place in me. Those kind of words are evil and wicked. We do this not only to others, but to ourselves. Yeah, in our thoughts, you speak bad words of hopelessness. Your feelings are words. Your feelings that you have in your soul are thoughts. You're speaking, I'm no good. I heard. We talk to ourselves. Bad words. We need to learn to have a conversation among our, ourselves. Pastor Deborah does that. And I learned how to do that by King David. When he used to have to say, oh, my soul, that's your part connected to your physical body. The part that mental health work with. Oh, my soul, why are you so downcast today? We're going to go together, spirit and soul, up to the Lord. And we're going to dance and pray and glorify him. That was an inner conversation David was having with himself. I have to do that sometimes with my soul, myself. Husband has said bad words. Other people have said things. I deal with a lot of issues. And my soul becomes downcast, heavy, burdened with sorrow or grief. When you look at the world, and it doesn't seem to be getting any better. Animals and nature are hurt. Children are killed right in the womb. Don't even have a chance to live outside. Children are abused and killed. Teenagers are kidnapped into human trafficking. Drug cartels don't care who takes their drugs and dies. They just want the money. Some days my heart is heavy, even for the Lord. He loves us so much. And he is pained by our actions, our thoughts, what we do to each other. He can handle your hate towards him. But it hurts when he sees how you treat each other. Even a believer of him, they do it. I had to learn how to talk to myself, how to rebuke words I was even saying to myself. And I had to learn how to rebuke the words out loud to others and quietly. I had to learn a lot about words, that they could be blessings to me or curses. So you have to learn that. Number three. You're going to have to learn to spiritually bind up Satan and his demons. That's according to Matthew 18 and 18. Pastor Deborah learned that in deliverance ministry work. What it means is if I give an order to a demonic spirit, I bind you. It means I wrap you up with cords and fetters of iron. I stop your work. I forbid you to continue whatever you're doing. I bind you up in the name of Christ Jesus, according to Matthew 18 and 18. If I speak that out loud or have that thought, and I'm using my spirit, not my soul, then God is obligated to bind them up spiritually, he says, because he tells us, Further on in Matthew 18 and 18, that whatever we bind up on earth, when I speak, he will bind up in heaven. Now, you, that also means you when you do that, you can bind up blessings, good things. You can forbid people to learn, and you are not helping them. He says, if you do that and you bind up me, you bind up my words, 
you stop and bind up and forbid my jewels of righteousness, love, joy, peace, knowledge, and wisdom to go to somebody, then the law says I will have to bind it up in heaven also. So it means both ways. You will have to learn about binding. Number four, you will have to learn how to speak God's words of life to yourself and to others, how to bless them. In our deliverance ministry work we did years ago, years, I mean, back in the 1990s, after we finished doing deliverance, we would speak words of blessings, scriptures over people at the end. God says, my words are words of spirit. That means for the spirit. And they are life for the spirit. They're food, nourishment. They're healing. They have powers to strengthen and nourish so we would speak these words over and to the person that we had finished doing deliverance on. Mm -hmm. We would read certain scriptures over them that would bless them. But of course, we had to know about the power of words to either bless or to curse somebody. And you have to learn that because you need to learn to speak them over your own self. In here, when your soul is acting up and it's fearful and it's weary, your spirit must rise up and say, what? Wait a minute, soul. We ain't going to think that. We're not going to talk like that to ourselves. We're going to say this instead. And I've had to do that all the time. Because God says he only watches over his words, not a denominational word, not a quote from a famous person on earth. He says, those aren't my words. I only watch over my words that are in the Bible that I've spoken and had written down. Speak those words. There's some excellent books, Psalms, Proverbs to speak over yourself, to declare for yourself. Mm-hmm. You do a lot of self-work when you're with this God. Now, he's with you. As I had to learn, the church in religion teaches us when you need prayer or you need your faith to be strengthened, you're to call somebody, go to a prayer meeting, have other human beings pray for you so that your faith will be strengthened and you'll have more people helping you. And I asked the God one night, I was taking a walk, and I said, God, that's wonderful, but is that true? Is that the truth? Now, Father, you know, I am alone a lot in my car, in hotels, I travel. This was years ago. I'm at home alone, and something bad could happen. And there is nobody around that I could ask to put their faith with mine and pray for the situation, because I might be weak, or something bad could happen, like I might be dying, I said. I, I said, what do I do? They're telling us in the church that that's what we're to do. We're to go and get another human and to pray for us. And he, the Holy Spirit said, I am here. The word of God is here on earth. The blood of Christ is here. The Father is here. Christ Jesus is here. And we all together are three. And with you coming into agreement with us, the word of the Father, we make four. And I understood the church had been misteaching it. The religion wants you to stay dependent on another human being. They want you to be, to feel like I have to socialize, fellowship with other humans. 
I have to get my faith and my strength from other humans. That's religion. I want you to keep coming to the church service or fellowship. But God taught me one night. When I asked him a question, I became a truth seeker. Because I wanted to know if what the church was teaching was true. And I learned, I, my spirit, is to go to the source, to the word of God itself, to come into agreement with, to speak over me, to go to the Holy Spirit who's in me, which takes me to the Lord and God himself. And all of us together here on earth, we are four together. So I learned. You'll have to learn that yourself also. Number five, we'll have to learn how to live in peace. Peace within your spirit, your soul, and physical body, no matter what. And how to live in peace with other people, with nature. Mm -hmm. And how to seek God's counsel in all things. If you want to know what's going on, ask him. If you want to know what's going on with the weather, ask him. If you want to know if that world is going to end here in a few years because of melting icebergs, ask him. Ask him why there's so much human trafficking, abuse, slavery. Why do nations and their leaders do certain things? Ask him. Come to him for counsel. You don't have to go to another human. That's a prophet. I watched that over the last year or a couple years. These people who call themselves prophets were prophesying, saying God told them certain things were going to happen around election time. And they didn't. Because I had asked God, I said, are they speaking what you told them? Did you talk to them? Is this what you said? Are these your words? And he said, I would have to wait and say, sometimes the time must come when an event is to happen for you to know the truth. So I waited. And what they had prophesied that God had said would happen never happened. So I don't think he was talking to them. They may have been hurting it, hearing it from a spirit, but it was not God. A lot of people think they know what's going on. They read the book. Mm -hmm. They're doing that now for the year 2022. What's God up to? What's he doing? What's he doing new? So you have to learn how to seek God's counsel and how to keep peace in your spirit, your soul, and physical body. When you are feeling stressed in your soul, your feelings are agitated, fearful, depressed. It comes out in your physical body. A lot of people call it that your body has memories. No, it is your soul that has the memories. Your physical body is connected to your soul. It is the outward expression, the clothes of the soul. So what happens to the soul? Even the deep hidden thoughts will come out through the physical body. Number six, how to give thanks to God in all situations, circumstances, and through it all. That's right. Even if you're looking at death, which I have many times. I have looked at heart transplants. And you know what God did when I was in the hospital? To put a lady in the room who sang praises. Because I couldn't think. But he had praises sung to me. Never know who she was. Then I've had 
Somebody in my home I took in to try to help attacked me with scissors. They were this close to my heart. I was frozen by a spell. Husband in the back hallway down there. You can't see it. Son downstairs. No help. Everybody frozen. And all I could say in my spirit was, I'm at peace, Lord. Make it quick. I'm coming to you. As soon as I had that and I passed that test of fear of death, the spell was broken. And I was able to say some words out loud to change the situation. Mm -hmm. And I would have to give thanks even after I was attacked verbally or physically by husband. I used to give thanks to God all the time in my childhood when my childhood was not peaceful. The home life was horrible, emotionally abusive. Mm -hmm. But I gave thanks. I went to peaceful music and songs, sought out solitude by myself. And God was slowly drawing me to him. I don't need other humans. I'm not into having my soul get its needs met. The soul gets its needs met from the spirit now. The soul is now looking and being nourished and satisfied from God himself. Mm -hmm. But when you are a soulish creature, your soul has needs and wants, and it will seek out human contact. Pastor Deborah is quite content at home by herself, but I'm never really alone. I have the Holy Spirit in me. I have 13 angels around me. I don't talk to them. You're not to talk to your angels. They are guards and warriors. They stand guard still. The head one's name is Samuel. Mm -hmm. Then I have a legion of angels I have been given to send out to warfare spiritually. I do a lot of spiritual work in the spirit, but you'll never hear me do much talking out loud. So let's keep going. A lot for you to learn. And this God is trying to show you. It will take years and years of studying and being with him, sitting down with his book, saying, Holy Spirit, you're my teacher. Teach me as I read. Read his book slowly. Get a dictionary. Look up each word. Some people don't even know what the word God means or Lord or praise or worship. I'm working through those words in other videos. Those are basic, simple words. And people don't know how to study. They don't read the word. They might listen to beautiful music and songs to have peace. But then they become dependent on music. And somebody having a wonderful video. Mm -hmm. God says, I want my words of spirit and life. These golden diamonds to be in your life. And they will shine out me, who is your peace. Number seven, you're going to have to learn how to crucify your old self, your soul, with its lust and desires. Pastor Deborah didn't do that. She didn't know how to do that at first for many, many years. Then one night, I had a dream. I saw myself in Christ Jesus on the cross. That's right. I had the experience of being crucified, dying, going to hell, and being in him, in the tomb, and being resurrected. I was having what you would call a spiritual experience. It was holy communion for sure. One union, common union with him in his death, my death, the shedding of blood, the crucifixion. I had that experience. From that day forward, I knew the old me, which was named Jan. 
You can read about it in the story called It's Time on the website of Agape Love, Love is Here's Ministries. I had to learn that the old me, the old part of my soul that was named Jan, died. And a new creature came out of the tomb as Christ did, resurrected with golden jewels and light of God himself, had a new earthly body. And he is even working on this one. It had, this one has to die. It's made of the earth that's full of sin and violence, perverted DNA and genes. And he has to give me a new earthen body that will cover my spirit. And one day that will happen. And I'll be on a new earth, traveling out to all the stars, meeting with all the creatures, you might call them aliens, telling them about him. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, there's aliens. Are they humans? They got some kind of body from their planet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we got lots of work to do, places to go. Yeah. So don't have your bags packed yet. A lot of people are wanting that we're all going to be escaping soon. Did you know Pastor Deborah watched a wonderful movie called Left Behind years ago? And after it was over with, it was about the tribulation and all of God's people were taken up. Then some guy named the Antichrist started ruling the whole world. But there were people still left. And I realized there were also two witnesses in Israel that were working to help the Jews. There was even pastors who didn't go up. <laughs> there was something wrong with them. And God asked me a question. Would I, do I want to go when that time comes or stay? What I realized, there were so many billions and billions of people that did not go. And they needed to hear about him. And they were going to die one day, maybe sooner than later. And they needed to get saved. So the evangelist in me rose up and said, no, sir. I, I, will, I will stay and I'll give my seat in the rapture to somebody else. That story is also on the website. Mm -hmm. So what happened was. I decided to stay. I knew the Holy Spirit would be working because God isn't going to lose one of us. There were two witnesses in Jerusalem working. The Antichrist was here. He was doing some bad stuff. And people needed to hear about this God of love because they were going to die. So I decided to stay. So I don't have my bags packed. I'm not looking for him to come back. And he can't come back anyway and do all of that till a particular message is preached. The kingdom of heaven. And it's demonstrated by its king's mature spiritual children, like Pastor Deborah. But he says, until that message goes out throughout the whole world, and every creature and every human hears it, sees it, has a chance to believe in it, then I'll come back. Not till then. So all the other messages they preach about the blood, holy communion, being in church unity, uh, social justice, whatever they're preaching, that's not the message. So we are actually delaying his coming. But then even if he comes, I'm not going yet. I got work to do, even when the Antichrist is here. And I told the Lord, I know it would be very bad and horrible, a lot of attacks and war and a lot of death, but I will stay. Sort of like being a soldier behind enemy lines, because people needed to hear his words of love. So I would stay as an evangelist and a pastor, help people die, help break babies into the world, 
Tell them about the love of God so they would become children like I was. So that was my story. Number eight, you're going to have to learn how not to be led by your wounded heart, your emotions, your thoughts, your images, your memories, your knowledge of your soul. Mm -hmm. That's what most people do. Now, those that are on the inner court, the royal high priest, the inner bloodlines of Satanism, they're led by the spirit, which is what we're supposed to be through the Holy Spirit. But they're led through a different kind of spirit, the unholy spirit called Satan. They're at that deep, deep level. And they know it. And Pastor Deborah's done a lot of work in that world through them to reach them. Mm -hmm. Many, many stories are on the website about that. But the average human, probably three-fourths of humanity, are led by their soul. Most people are soulish creatures. Whatever happens to their physical body, whatever their soul was educated to be through their parents, grandparents, circumstances, their feelings, that is how, that is who they are. And that is who leads them. The spirit has no say. They have not received these wonderful jewels of light, glory in their lives yet. They're led by other things. They have not yet overcome. Mm -hmm. A lot to learn. Mm -hmm. And this God's going to help you. And his Holy Spirit's going to be right there. And if you desire, you can have a Pastor Deborah in your life helping you spiritually. Mm -hmm. Then you're going to have to learn how to quickly repent. Turn from your sin that you just did, your disobedience, your ignorance. From being on the wrong path and from not hearing, believing in, supporting God's ways. And you're to turn back to his narrow path, which is lighted by his light and filled with his peace and blessings. Let me show you how that works. When you're in ignorance about, we'll say, abortion, and you think it's the right of the woman to make that decision because this thing this fetus, this non-human, is growing inside of her. They sort of consider it like a tumor, a disease, something that will bring sickness and mental health problems if it's not removed. So they believe, those who believe in this, what they call aborting, that means removing, stopping it from coming, growing, interfering with it, that it's the woman's right and that all of the people's taxes should pay for that. So it should be a free service. And if you vote for a political party that believes that, you look at their platform. Pastor Deborah looks at all political platforms to see what they legally stand on and what they're going to be fighting for. So if you have maybe have never had an abortion, but you vote for somebody who believes in it, a politician, or you give money, or you go out and march and support aborting a baby, a human baby, then you're on the wrong path according to God. He's a God of life. His way is not to kill the little baby. He has done it because the consequences of sin 
disobedience to him is death. We learned that when King David had an affair with a married woman, Bathsheba, who was married to Uriah. God said, you send David. You even had Uriah killed to cover up your butt because you shouldn't have been with her. She was somebody else's property. Therefore, somebody has to die. Death is the judgment for disobedience. And you were told long ago what your rights were and what you were to do and not do. But the lust of your eyes, the lust of your body took over and you gave into it. So I will take the baby, but you will live. Bathsheba will live, but the baby will die. Somebody is going to die because of your actions. So when you vote for a politician, you are voting for death. You are just as guilty as the doctor and the female doing the abortion. Mm -hmm. And he says that's the wrong path. When an innocent is killed, a prophet, because somebody is embarrassed, doesn't want it, considers it to be something that would tie them down, the baby becomes a sacrifice. God will let the baby die, but Pastor Deborah will be right there in the womb when the baby is dying and take that spiritual child out. Mm -hmm. And even the church has to teach many women, once they sort of come out of that whatever they're in, their conscience starts feeling the heavy burden of killing a life, a child, their baby. They have to teach it. They will meet that child one day in heaven. It's like they were just in a trance. And they went along with it out of fear or whatever. Now, the doctors are doing it for a different purpose. And the business that's behind it, they're doing it for a different purpose. Money's involved. Scientific research is involved with the aborted babies. A lot of them are royal priest unto Satan, and they are performing a living sacrifice unto Satan. A lot of stuff that goes on spiritually and in the natural. So you're going to have to learn. If you make those mistakes, God will forgive you. And then you get back on the right path. And what would that mean? You don't have abortions again. Maybe you take precautions to get pregnant and you don't vote for any more politicians that vote for abortion, that are pushing for it. You don't give money to it. You pray. You don't go out on the steps of the Supreme Court. You don't go around holding rallies. You don't support that at all anymore. You become pro-life. So that's what that sort of means. But there will be consequences you will face. The baby will be taken care of and be taught. God was not going to lose even the baby in the womb because of your decision or the pressure from abortionist. So this new spiritual life that you're going to be on with him, agape love himself, will take a lot of work for you, but it's so worth it. Even a child in the natural, it's a lot of work sucking on that bottle, taking in food, learning how to walk and talk, mm -hmm. learning what to do and not to do. A lot of work in growing up, but some people that believe in God, they want to remain babies. And their pastors keep them that way. Mm -hmm. And that is a control mechanism. Many religions use that. They have the keys to the gates of heaven and your relationship to this God, and they want to control that. But it's worth it. 
you have to be alert, on guard, watchful, always looking out. I just had to tell a precious young lady this. If you are putting off a scent of wounds, a victim, being hurt, angry, mad, you have a smell about you. And the enemy is always out there like a lion, a hyena, prowling around, sniffing for blood, wounded, diseased animals to devour and eat. Satan is always out there with his legions of demons, as a lion is. It's always roaming around, lurking in the shadows, waiting, watching to see if he can find a spiritual opening, a weakness through your soul, your physical body, into your lives. And then he pounces. He looks for the lust of your eyes. He looks for the lust of your flesh. He'll tempt you, try you, and he's allowed to do that. He's always looking for our spiritual weaknesses, for our unbelief, our ignorance. Do we follow the pastors? When I ask God, what do I do when I'm in serious trouble and I need my faith to be strengthened? Do I call on a human like the pastors say? To come into prayer and faith with me? I learn, no, I call on him. They're here to help me, to strengthen me. Satan's looking for your lack of spiritual learning and knowledge. What grade are you in? Are you still a kindergartner? Have you even started school? Are you just a flesh creature giving in to all the desires of your soul? I run into that all the time. It me and the flesh do not get along. Are you living in doubt and fear? Are you lonely, rejected? Are you seeking some type of acceptance and relationship? Are you in unforgiveness? Do you have bitterness and anger working in your life? Are you driven by lust of your eyes? For pleasure, lust of your flesh for pleasure, and the pride of life to give you pleasure. Are you coveting things that belong to other people? Just coveting more, more, more. Are you greedy? All that's in your soul and your spirit until it has a Hebrews 4.12 goes right along with it. And it has the same nature and image of your soul until everything dies on a cross and your spirit is born again, a baby, brand new. Satan is always looking to see if there's a doorway, a basement cellar window opened. Can he come down the chimney? of your life and make his home in you. Then he will be looking to see if he can lead you and guide you in his ways, which God considers the wrong path compared to his. And his Satan's way will lead you to destruction. And I want to end this one right here. So in ending this part of his letter to you, you've learned that you have much to learn. A lot of studying to do. A lot of growing to occur. And he desires to bring his jewels, his diamonds, his rubies and sapphires filled with his golden light to feed you and nourish you spiritually. He will help you through his Holy Spirit, through his book, through movies, songs, 
fairy tales, fables, nature itself. He will use everything to help you. Then you'll take tests on what you've been studying to see if you've learned it, anchored it in your life. While all that's going on, he will give you a spiritual mother, somebody that can be there for you, give you wisdom, maybe answer your phone calls, stay, stay back in the silent distance. I do that with a lot of leaders. I'm not interested in being in their organization and promoting it. I'm there for them to teach them how to be a better leader, person, shepherd over others. Mm -hmm. And I have to be a spiritual mother to their spirits. Pastor Deborah was anointed to do that long ago. Got a double portion of it. I was told they'd be coming to me in the spirit to talk to me, to hear the words I have to say about him to them. I'm in a partnership with God. He has to trust me. They are his sheep, his people, his little ones. Many pastors of the word and the Bible, they're very abusive and loud and angry. They don't know anything. They can't teach spiritually. They keep them babies. They're all in divisions, different denominations. Mm -hmm. Got false prophets out there speaking from familiar spirits that are not of God. And somebody who does not hear from God will go and seek out words of a spirit. That's what the psychics provide. Tarot card readers, the Ouija boards, palm readers, witches. They will provide spiritual knowledge, guidance, wisdom, and even those people who seek their ancestors in dreams and visions. They will go and seek people who do drugs to lead them and guide them. Mm -hmm. The ancient ways, the ancient ones, because they know they got a spiritual connection to the gods. They want help. And the church, with most of its teaching, is not providing it. So God himself has to provide it through a few of us who are closely related in a deep partnership with him, one with him, grown up and mature, had his hands laid on me, released me, out into the world after years and years under authority, under pastors, in the church services. Then I was released after I passed many tests to come to you just like this. After I wrote many books and stories, studied more and more, and he kept opening movies up to me, the little ones need true spiritual food. They need growth. Did you know one time I went to a church waiting to be spiritually fed words of knowledge and truth? I took sort of an empty plate, wanted to go to a buffet. Well, the pastor talked about the missions the church was doing with orphanages over in Africa. It was so well done. There were pictures. He did an excellent job of talking about what that particular church was doing. And if we felt called to help them in this ministry to join the church, I just thought it was excellent. I get out in my car and I'm listening to another pastor teach on angels. Can't even remember what it was. And all of a sudden, I heard this. You did not get fed today. I thought I did. 
You see, what God considers his spiritual food and what the pastor preached in that church about the ministry, the orphanages, all the different things. God says, that is not my spiritual food, and you did not get fed today. So I went to eat and came away with an empty plate. But I'm sitting listening to the radio, to another pastor teach not preach, but teach. There is a difference of preaching is proclaiming. Well, I'll show you how that works. God is good. God is alive. God loves you. That's preaching. Teaching is when you define the words. You tell stories. You tell parables. You lead people into understanding, perception, so they can have a deeper understanding of God. Teaching is different. So I'm sitting in my car and I'm listening on the radio to a pastor teach about angels. And after a few minutes, God said again, now he's in me. He says, now you have been fed and we can have holy common union. So I'm while I'm listening to this other pastor teach on angels, my right hand was going like this to the center of the car and going like this. I was reaching for a piece, a lamb or chicken. My spirit was eating while I'm listening in the natural to a teaching about angels. I'm eating meat, a lamb or chicken. And then he said, now you've been fed. Now we can have holy communion, common union. My hand goes up spiritually, a golden goblet just appears in my spirit hand, filled with real spiritual wine. He says, now drink. I was in common union with God. So I learned that day the difference between being fed and not getting the food of the kingdom of heaven. I learned what teaching provided to my spirit. I learned that after you be taught and eat, you have common union. You're one with Christ. And he wants to sup with you and have dinner and sit down with you. Mm -hmm. That was one day in one church years ago. That's on the website, too. It's called You Did Not Get Fed Today. Excellent story. I've had so many of them because God had to help me to depend totally on him. And he had to teach me differences between preaching and teaching, being fed, not being fed. Most of people go to a church service or a synagogue or a mosque to hear from God. And they walk away hungry, no voice, nothing. And they've done such bowing, praying and worshiping, nothing. They walk away hungry spiritually. So I had to learn. So you be encouraged. This was number nine. We'll pick up again in number 10 and keep working through the letter. It's not too much longer, but we'll have several more episodes or parts before we're finished. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for all that you've taught us this day from you, your letter that you wrote to me, or you had me write to them. We thank you for your beautiful jewels, golden light, your diamonds and sapphires of truth and knowledge that you desire to be given to us, to have in our treasure chest of our spirit. We thank you for your teacher you've given us, your words of spirit and life that are there for us. Help us to grow and learn about you so we can learn about us. 
And we thank you for all you're doing. And Father, if anybody is here that wants this relationship with you, so you may feed them and nourish them with golden jewels of you and be touched by your agape love, then let it happen. And if they desire a Hebrews 4.12, a spiritual circumcision out of the soul, the body of flesh, then provide that for them. Father, this is your work to fulfill Isaiah 61 and 62 in their life to help them become a child of your light so that you may become Abba, Father, to them. So, Father, be about your work of birthing new spiritual children out of death and the old creation. In the name of Christ Jesus, amen. Okay, see you next time. Bye-bye.